32GI. Leading sports nutrition provider. Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors. As we continue to build up to the Comrades Marathon here on 32GI Sports Nutrition, Mark Wolf joins us again and a great topic today. Of course, race week eating is so vital and it has over the years the debate on what to eat and what not to eat has changed. Carbolating has become very important and, uh, you know, uh, sort of research is done, things change. But, you know, all of a sudden that carbolating, which always almost as synonymous with comrades as running the race itself, Mark, is not um, the way to go for everyone. Look, I agree with you 100%. It is a very debatable topic. So let's look at how you should be actually feeding in race week. We mentioned in the previous podcast, you know, keep the meals small, keep them consistent, and obviously keep them healthy. I think that's very, very crucial. Uh, make sure you hydrate all the time. When it comes to carbo-loading, okay, one of the things is that many athletes or many runners, let's say, um, do not understand what the purpose is behind carbo-loading and actually how to carbo-load properly before an event. Um, we have to remember that the body has two primary fuel tanks, the one being glycogen, which I always call your rocket fuel, and the other one being your fat tank, which is more like your diesel engine fuel. The rocket fuel or your glycogen tank will be utilized at a much higher rate when you are performing at a higher intensity. In other words, when the body is sort of oxygen depleted, not getting enough oxygen into the system, and in that case, glycogen becomes the primary fuel. However, Comrades is a very pace-controlled event. You should be breathing very regulated and very controlled at Comrades. If you're not, you're actually going to be overburning yourself. In other words, performing at too much of a high intensity and chewing up your glycogen stores quite quickly. When you can control the pace and you can get oxygen into the system, you can burn off a higher amount or high percentage of fat as far as um, as opposed to the glycogen. And depending on the pace you go at, you can definitely burn off a, a lot of fat. I mean, you can look at the 80 to 20% mark. So that means that, uh, you know, Comrades Marathon is more of a fat-burning event than a glycogen-burning event, and you need to treat it as such. So what is carbo-loading? Carbo-loading is really there to top up your glycogen stores. Glycogen stores... We're talking about 2,000 calories usually with glycogen stores, and basically 2,000 calories is not going to fuel a Comrades Marathon. You need a lot more than that to fuel a Comrades Marathon, so you will be tapping into your fat tank, firstly. And if you can top your glycogen stores up just a little bit, it's not going to make a major difference over a 90-kilometer race. In actual fact, the only people that might benefit from slightly higher glycogen levels, but they still need to control their pacing very, very well in Comrades, are the elite athletes. But there you could be talking 1% or 2% differences or even half percent differences, which could be the difference between maybe a win, you know, or a gold medal or, you know, something a bit slower than that. So the thing is, is that in, the, in their cases, maybe it could make a slight difference. The problem is with carbo-loading is that people generally tend to get it wrong. There's three regimes for carbo-loading. There's one called the classic regime. Very, very dangerous. Why? Because you completely exhaust your glycogen stores by doing exhaustive training. You deplete them completely. And then what you do is you introduce low-carb eating for a couple of days to keep those glycogen stores down. And then what you do is you increase your carbohydrate intake and you build up the glycogen stores in time for race day. If you haven't tried and tested this, you might get it wrong. You might not get your glycogen stores topped up. You might actually land up 
having them not topped up on race day, and then you land up in a big in big trouble. So unless you've practiced it and exact, you know exactly what to do, I wouldn't advise it. There's a popular regime called the modified regime. There what happens is you actually you do exhaustive training about six to seven days out, but instead of moving to a low-carbohydrate diet, you move to what's more moderate-carbohydrate diet, and you eat moderate carbs over a period of time, and you increase the carbohydrate intake about two to three days before the event, and then that also tops up the glycogen stores. But again, you have to have tried and tested it. You can't just suddenly say, I'm going to carbo-load if you haven't done it before. And then there's a very popular one-day regime where athletes actually eat a low-carb diet probably about five to six days before the event. They then increase their carbohydrate intake, and then they massively increase their carbohydrate intake the day before the event. I don't like this very much because it's not going to make a major difference on race day. And by overeating that amount of carbs the day before an event, if you get it wrong, you're going to feel a lot of discomfort. If your stomach's not adapted to that kind of carb loading, you're going to not feel happy at all, and you can end up causing damage. So what do I suggest? What I suggest is that your overall calorie intake in race week should actually drop to the right level because obviously calorie Burn rate is much lower in race week. You're definitely not doing any major training. And so you need to consume closer to what we call your rest metabolic rate, which is the rate of calories that you burn more in a state of rest. You can slightly increase your carbohydrate content. I like the moderate carb intake. Um, and then I would suggest that you can slightly increase it a day or two before. But again, the macronutrients have to be in line. In other words, the calories have to be in line with what your total calorie intake is. You can't go and eat the same and then increase the carbohydrates because you might be overloading on it. So keep it nice and consistent and gradually increase your carbohydrate intake, but very, very slightly. And, you know, also to prevent um, insulin spiking and um, and getting these, uh, you know, blood glucose elevation, too much blood glucose elevation. So that's what I do suggest. Um if you want to increase your carbohydrate content the day before the race, I always suggest do not do it the night before the race. Do it at lunchtime. If you want to have slightly more carbs, make that your slightly bigger carbohydrate meal the day before. In other words, at lunchtime. Because if you increase your meal the night before the event, it will impact your sleep. You're going to lie there. You're going to feel digestive discomfort. And it's going to impact your sleep. You won't fall asleep so easily. Another thing that you need to focus on is definitely the hydration part. Don't go and drink too much also the evening before the race because what's going to happen is you're going to also battle sleep. You're going to be running backwards and forwards to the bathroom because you've overhydrated. So don't go and overhydrate just because you need to hydrate suddenly the night before. It needs to be consistent through the week and don't overdrink um, before sleep. Another thing to take notice of is that pre-race nerves and digestive impact are a very real thing. Uh, they can cause havoc with the digestive system. Everybody gets nervous before a race. Even elite athletes get very nervous before a race. You can get symptoms and signs of nausea, diarrhea. You can get stomach cramps. You can even get appetite reduction. And um, there are a number of ways that you can deal with this. Firstly, keep your fiber intake low. Excessive fiber causes irritable bowel. You want to keep the fiber intake low. So avoid high-fiber foods such as bran, high-fiber breads, for example, uh, or high-fiber cereals, don't eat dried fruits, anything that's high in fiber, try and avoid as much as possible so that it doesn't irritate the bowels. Uh, just as a simple example, if you're going to go and eat um, high-fiber bread, such as a low GI or seed loaf, rather go with a white bread because it's much lower in fiber and it will still provide you the carbohydrate intake that you need. 
If you battle with your appetite and you can't eat solid foods, try and go for liquid foods. There's nothing wrong with it. You can go with smoothies, porridges, cereals, soft dense foods are absolutely fine, and there's no issues there at all. As far as uh, the kinds of foods you should eat, you should try and actually focus also on um, uh, uh, pH balanced foods. In other words, try and eat more alkaline foods in your diet as opposed to acidic foods. Acidic foods do cause inflammation. They do cause things like reflux. They can cause irritable bowel. Alkaline foods suppress it. They also keep the immune system quite nice and strong. So I would actually recommend trying to eat more of an alkaline-based diet. And by the way, if you are uh, drinking coffee, understand coffee is acidic. Caffeine is acidic. So, so the thing is, is that you need to understand, don't go and drink stimulant drinks in excess because it can increase the acid in the bowels. From a hydration point of view, very, very crucial. I've mentioned it quite a number of times. Uh, you do lose fluid in the form of sweat if you're exercising, but if you're not exercising, you're still losing it in the form of urine and feces, etc. You do need to keep hydrated. Make sure you hydrate from the morning all the way through to the evening. And like I mentioned earlier, try a hypertonic drink because that will benefit you quite nicely from a hydration perspective. So I hope this has been valuable and, uh, you know, try and plan your week um, as carefully as possible. Don't let there be surprises. The better you plan, the less stress there is, and the more you depend on exactly what you've taken with you down to comrades to eat and to drink, uh, I can absolutely assure you it will make a much, much better day out. Mark, it's been extremely helpful, and you do have some great visual representations of the different regimes, the classic, the modified, and the one-day regime, which I'll put a link up to uh, your blog, The Fitness Freak, give you all the info there as well. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to check out our other podcasts in the build-up to the Comrades Marathon, including the all-important How You Handle Race Day Nutrition. 32GI leading sports nutrition provider. Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors.